you know, you may have a smile on your face, but inside you're going, rawr, 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 rawr. well, that was me. I don't even know I had a smile on my face, but I was really running it. Got home, got cleaned up, had breakfast, started my day, did my day, always aware, a little bit of the pain in my knee. Went to bed, got up the next day, pain in my knee. Went to bed, got up the next day, pain in my knee. Never really gave it much thought about that wall or the experience or even how I hurt my knee after several weeks. All I knew is my knee was bothering me. It was getting harder and harder to go up and down the steps. We lived in a tri-level. So I had to go up three stairs, three sets of stairs, and down three sets of stairs from the office to my bedroom, up to the living room, and up to another office upstairs. And I was getting pretty upset that my knee was hurting and I was having a harder and harder time going up these steps. But I just accepted, oh gosh, and I must be getting old or I don't know what's going on. And after a few months, I just accepted the pain and kept on going. Then one day, I realized, and this is how much you really want to pay attention in your meditation, I realized that my meditations were not going as well as they had been. And I wondered, gosh, what happened? What happened and how did I allow this to happen? And so I began to look to see what was it that was in the way of me going into a greater experience in that divine river of loving. And as I looked, forgiveness didn't move anything or even reveal anything. Acceptance didn't move or reveal anything. So then I looked and I said, then who are you? What are you? And in that very moment, my knee started to throb. Well, I didn't even connect the two at first. And then I realized that there was something about my knee that was standing between me and my meditation, <coughs> between me and the Lord. So I said, okay, so now what are we going to do? So I began to take that name of God that we receive in initiation and take the hue frequency and begin to chant it into my knee, just placing it into my knee, that the frequency of loving that is in that power of the name would begin to release, to relax, to allow whatever that is in me to reveal itself to me. I did that, nothing happened that day. I did it the next day, nothing happened that day. I did it the next day, and all of a sudden something just broke inside. And I could feel it. It was like a pop. But it wasn't a physical pop of the kneecap. It was just a popping experience. And all of a sudden, I was at this wall. And I was jumping off the wall. And I was cussing these people out that lived up at this house. And I went, oh my God, that's where this happened. That's what this is about. And I went back in that experience and I forgave myself for judging those people. And I forgave them for putting this wall out there or whoever did. And I forgave the wall for being there. And I forgave myself for having climbed up the wall and jumping off of it the way I did. I forgave myself for not being able to feel confident enough to swim around the wall. And all these things that I could do, and I did this day after day for several days until one day I got up and there was no pain. The pain was absolutely free and gone. 
I realized in that moment, maybe more than any other moment, how much our fear, our judgments of ourselves and others can be lodged up in the physical body. Just waiting for us to come into those places and to love it, to accept it, to bring it back to peace and neutrality so that the energy once again can flow physically as well as spiritually, so that there's nothing between us and the Lord inside and that our physical bodies are also back in harmony with itself once again. And I have found that with so many parts of my physical body. Now, there are some physical karmas that do manifest, that do go on, that are unconscious in this lifetime because they actually come from a place in another lifetime where we have created an imbalance and we never brought it back into balance. And wherever any action takes place, there is a reaction in this creation. And if that reaction in this creation is not balanced in the moment or in that lifetime, the energy of that reaction goes into the next lifetime waiting to be balanced. The thing is, the action that created the reaction is back there in another lifetime, in another conscious experience, and we don't remember the action that we did to create this reaction. And all of a sudden, in this physical body, we've got something going on which we don't understand, which is really a reaction energy having to do with an action from another lifetime that is just looking to be balanced in some way. Does that make sense? So then what do you do? Do you go to a past life reader and say, hey, I got this pain. Can you go back and see what is causing it? I can't figure it out in this lifetime. Do you know where it is? I wouldn't do that. The reason I wouldn't do it is one reason. Don't look back. When Lot told his family to leave the city of Sodom and Gomorrah and to leave the cities and to go away, he said, and do not look back because the Lord says if you do, you'll be turned into a pillar of salt. To look back is to look into the past and to get caught back up in the past once again. It's to stay present now and to handle whatever's present now. I have found that in looking back at past lives, and I've done it for myself and I've done it for other people in other times when I was doing counseling work, that something very profound, powerful, can happen. And that is that a door can be opened, Pandora's box, and all kinds of things can come flooding out in the moment that you are not ready to handle. If you go through a door to have past life remembrance and you go in there to go in and figure out something about a particular life or why am I upset with my uncle? Why do I hate my aunt? 
Why do I do this? Why is this happening? You may go back and find the solution to whatever it is you're looking for, but in the journey into that experience, you're also going to come across a lot of other things that are not a part of this lifetime, not a part of this destiny, not an action to be balanced in this lifetime. But what's going to happen is that you are going to draw back to you in this lifetime, in this consciousness, other things to you that really were not meant to be in this lifetime for you to handle, but now they're going to be here for you. And the big challenge of that is you may not have the tools in this lifetime to handle those karmas. Does that make sense? So don't look back. Don't try to figure it out by looking back and saying, well, what happened in the last life? What happened in that lifetime that made this reaction energy now be in my life? But rather, talk to whatever the reaction is. If it's a physical pain, an emotional upset, a mental thing that just keeps running you, a habit pattern, talk to it. But talk to it in loving. Talk to it from that place of meditation where you are focusing on God first. And then let the God in you, the soul in you, the divine in you, work with whatever is present to reveal to you whatever is to be known so that you can handle this reactive energy in such a way as to bring it into balance, to neutralize that action-reaction energy in this creation, and you are free to move on from it. So does that mean then that I can get rid of all these physical problems in my life? <coughs> that I can heal all my emotional situations and my mental upset? In some ways, yes. But there are certain physical karmas that are sometimes a lifelong situation. We're born with it and we live with it all of our lives. Or they come in to our life at a particular point in time, and they have a timeline. We created an energy of action that manifested a reaction, and there is a timeline to it. And we are going to live the timeline out. I know that from my experience with my brother. I loved my brother dearly. We got along so wonderfully. We could share and sit and talk and laugh and have a great time. But there was always something inside of me that was ever pushing in him. <laughs> I wanted him to do his life a little different. Because I saw how he was hurting himself, physically and otherwise, by his actions that were causing reactions. And yet, he didn't see it, and he wouldn't look at it, and he wouldn't change his patterns. Until one day I realized that these were his life journey. This was his lifelong karma that was upon him. And that he was going to live it to his last breath. And that I wasn't helping him live it to the, to the last breath to a fulfillment. Because I was placing a judgment on it. I wanted it to be different. <coughs> so I went into accepting him. And accepting the situation. Just as it is. And we entered into a deeper loving than ever after that moment where I said to myself, this is his lifelong journey. This is his destiny. This is a karma 
that has a life unto itself, and it's going to be up until the last breath, so let it be. And it was. He lived it to the last breath, and then he left it alone. It was done. It was neutralized. And he was free to go on his spiritual journey, leaving that physical karma balanced now. He had done it. And so that's how some physical karmas, some emotional karmas, some mental karmas manifest. All karma has a timeline to it. And ultimately, it will come to rest. It will come to an end. Sometimes it's by us taking responsibility, by us learning a lesson, and sometimes it just has to be lived out however we first put it into action. And then it's allow it to live it out. And that's not the most wonderful thing to hear. Because what if you have cancer? And you're doing all you can to heal this cancer so that you're not going to die from it. And everybody's telling you, well, it's really terminal. You're not going to be able to recover from it. Do you just give up? Or do you continue hoping, faithing, fighting, doing to see if you can come out on top? Do you just give up if you have a physical, emotional, or mental karma that seems like it's a lifelong situation? I would say no. You never give up. But the first thing to do is to love it. When I had cancer and I was told it was terminal, I loved the doctor. I loved him in such a way that when he first told me and I moved into that place of loving with him, he started crying because of that loving. I continued loving my body. I continued loving the cancer, even as my body transformed and I began to lose more and more weight until I was weighing 128 pounds. Hard to believe this body used to weigh 128 pounds. <laughs> but it did. So I found that you never give up hope. You never give up looking to see what it is you can do to take care of you, to take care of a situation. And it is also move into acceptance with what is right now and then see whatever in acceptance you can do with what your condition is, physical, emotional, or mental. And see in that acceptance if an answer doesn't come up. Maybe it's as simple as go to the doctor finally. Maybe it's as simple as, well, then get it amputated. Maybe it's as simple as start taking your medicines. Maybe it's as simple as change your diet. And maybe it's as simple as accept how things are unfolding. Realize that somewhere, sometime you put an energy into action, and this is now the reaction being lived out. And let's see if we cannot live beyond this reactive period. If we can bring it to a quiet somehow and live beyond it. And maybe it's done through meditation. Maybe it's done by just carrying it all up to God and your loving. And just say, God, I love you. I love you in my illness. I love you in this disturbance. I love you in this problem. 
I love you, and I bring it to you because I don't know how to handle it, and then see what God does with it. See what God brings back to you. In loving, God loves you so much. God will deny you nothing. But God will only come in if you allow God in. And if you're sitting there judging God, well, why do I have this cancer? This is not fair, Lord. Everybody's having such a good time, and here I am dying. You're not opening the door. You're holding it shut, whereby God can come in and be with you in the experience. But if you can find a way to love the disturbance, the illness, the problem, then you can begin to see how to approach things differently. And it may be as simple as just accept the situation as it is. And in that acceptance, you will find how to live your life differently, even with a lifelong illness or disturbance or problem. I know it because I've done it over and over and over. I've had polio. I've had pedimol epilepsy. And I've had cancer. When I came down with cancer, my doctor came into my hospital room, not the doctor who was doing the surgery and gave me the prognosis, but my general medical doctor came in and he said, Jim, can't you get just a common cold? Because he had been through all these different things with me in my life. And I said, well, I guess not. So I know what it's like to have these physical karmas come up from another lifetime and just grab you and you not be able to identify where it came from or why this is. But I do know how to get past it. And that's to love it, to accept it, and forgive it. If you don't know the karma of it, you don't know the the birthing point of it, you don't know what you did to create this reaction, love the reaction. Love the cancer. Love the arthritis. Love whatever it is. Love it. And the loving will begin transforming it. It may not take it away, but it will be handled differently. You will handle it differently. You will live it differently. And it will be different. There was a lady that was coming here for a Tuesday night classes years ago, and she was diagnosed with a leukemia. And she laughed and smiled and was the most loving, wonderful person through her whole process with this leukemia. She had people coming over to her house. They were, she was telling jokes and laughing and having a good time. And I was there one time and somebody said, you know, I can't stand this. And she said, what? What's wrong? She said, you're in denial. You're denying that you're dying. You're denying that you have cancer. You're denying that you're sick. She said, honey, I'm denying nothing. I'm the one who told you I've got cancer. I'm the one who told you I'm dying. I'm told you, how is that denial? But how can you sit here and laugh and have a good time as though it doesn't even exist?
Because it doesn't. It doesn't. It may exist in my body, but it doesn't exist in my beingness. It doesn't exist in my loving. I'm going to live my beingness and my loving. I'm not going to live my body and my cancer. And the cancer may put my body in the grave, but it's not going to put me in the grave. And when the time comes that my body goes in the grave, then that's the time it goes. And I'll let it go at that time. But until then, I'm going to be in this body and I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. And she did. She was the most amazing living example of someone who was living the action of loving, acceptance, and forgiveness. I saw her live it fully from the day one of her diagnosis at the hospital to the day that she died. She would have people over. She would have wonderful music on. We would sing. We would laugh. We would tell jokes. She wouldn't have people sit in the living room. She would have people come and sit and lay down on her bed with her. She had this big king-size bed, and she would always lay right in the middle or sit in the middle and have everybody right there on the bed with her. She said, how intimate can you get? How close can you get but with somebody in bed with you? And she wanted this to be an intimate journey where everybody was participating and sharing in that way. And people would bring food over, and we would sit on her bed and eat. And it was just a wonderful experience. And when she died, people were sad because we lost that physical connection. We lost that place where we could go and do what she had created us to be in the doing with. But we also rejoiced. We rejoiced because a great spirit had been in our presence. A great spirit had shared themselves with us. And a great spirit now is free from her physical process to go on and do whatever was next. And she knew that this was a great journey for her. This was a great completion. She knew it. She didn't know what the source of the karma was that caused the cancer. But she did know that when it was done, when she took her last breath, that it would be done. And I knew that to be true because I've seen it so many times as I've watched people in their death process and watched the soul lift up out of the body and move on in their spiritual journey. And the karma is done. The karma is neutralized. And they are free to move on into a greater loving experience. That's what this meditation is about. One, to begin to live daily that loving acceptance and forgiveness. Two, to be aware of whatever it is that stands between you and the Lord and to handle that, to deal with that, to be with that, and to bring it to neutrality, to rise above it, to do whatever it is so that nothing is between you and God. That is important, to have nothing between you and the Lord. And in that action, you will then find that you will be able to handle whatever comes up in a different way than you might have prior to the understanding and the action. 
of living, acceptance, forgiveness, and loving. So my journey now is a very simple one, especially now that I'm not doing past life readings. I'm not doing all these counselings having to do with past lives and life situations, but rather focused on soul, on spirit, on God, on awakening God inside of me more and more, and on bringing that present inside of you and living just what Hafiz wrote in that poem. No matter who you are, no matter what you are, however you present yourself, physically, emotionally, or mentally in front of me, what I see in you is the Lord. I see in you your perfection. I see the living, loving essence of the Lord that you are. That's who you are. And that's how I know you. That's now all I have to do is to live that and to love you in that way that you might begin to love yourself in that way. So, today, tonight, tomorrow, the next day, pay attention. What's between you and the Lord? Is it a pain in your knee? Is it a pain in your back? Is it a pain in your butt? Or somebody's kicking you? Or somebody's just a pain in your butt? Handle it. Handle it. Those are where things are in a state of unrest. Where things are in reaction rather than action. Bring that back to place, a place of peace, of quiet, of neutrality of action rather than reaction. I found if I move in action, then it all comes to quiet. But if I go into reaction, it all just goes up into a greater disturbance and stands higher and taller and wider and thicker between me and the Lord. I'll share one more thing. Somebody was asking me earlier about negativity. Negativity coming from other people and what to do with that and how to handle that. Some people call it psychic attack. Some people call it other things. You know, I don't think anybody psychically attacks anybody. Not consciously, not willingly, not on purpose. But reaction does feel like an attack. If somebody is in reaction with me, to me it feels like an attack, energetically, physically, mentally, however. It's an attack. They may not even realize that they are in reaction with me. Or they may have been in reaction and moved on beyond the reaction consciously, but it's still running in them. And I feel it energetically 
coming on me. Does that make sense? Has anybody ever felt that? That may be called psychic attack, but I do not really term it that way. I do not really believe in, quote, psychic attack. All it is is an imbalanced energy. It's out of balance. For every action, there's a reaction. This is the reaction. What do I do with it? Do I go into reaction? Do I go into disturbance? Do I now start reacting with them? energetically, emotionally, physically? Or do I go into action? And if that is what I do, what is the action I take? One, I move into acceptance that they are in a place of disturbance with me. Two, I look to see, did I do something to create that disturbance? And if I did, what can I now do to bring that into balance. And if I find that there's something I can do, I step forward and I go do it. I, just as I explained earlier, I go up and I say, hey, I think there's something between us. The Lord and me can't seem to really get in touch with the Lord and you. There's something between us. I want to know the Lord and you again. I want to know that loving. I want to know my friend. So, what did I do? What did I say? Oh, nothing. Don't worry about it. It's all okay. No, it's not. Because it's not okay with me. I want to be back where we were, not where we are right now. So, if you are not aware of what happened, I just want to say whatever I've ever done to hurt you, to cause you pain or disturbance, I just want you to forgive me. I ask for your forgiveness. I want to move back into loving with you. Can you forgive me? Even if you don't know what it is, could you just say, I forgive you right now? And if they do that, you'd be surprised. Even if you don't believe it, think it, feel it, just saying it transforms the energy. Just saying it puts something into motion that wasn't in motion before. And the emotion of forgiveness begins to bring about neutrality, begins to neutralize the reaction and bring it back to a place of quiet. Just the statement of it. So I have found that if I take responsibility and handle situations in the moment, it gets better than worse. But if I do not, it only gets worse. It doesn't get better. Now, have you ever been with people in your life, a person or people, that you just feel all this negativity, all this disturbance, and it's uncomfortable to be with them? And you wonder why. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's at home. Maybe it's friends or neighbors. What do you do with that? What do you do with that energy? One, look to see, is this a place where you want to be next time around? Do you have to be here? Well, yeah, this is where I work. This is where I make my living. I've got to be here. I have no choice. Okay, so you have to be here. 
then how are you going to approach being here differently than you've been doing it up to now? One, in the morning or at night, in a quiet time, not in your meditation where you're focusing your loving on God and chanting the name of the Lord, but just in a quiet time. Close your eyes. Visualize the situation, the person, the location. And visualize the light of your own soul, the light of loving, the light of God going into that place and begin to just fill it with loving, with light. See the shadows disappearing and the light filling it all. And as you're doing that, just say, I love you, I accept you, I forgive you. Jim, how many times are you going to say those things? I'm going to say them forever because those are the keys to the kingdom that will get you home. Those are the the actions that solve all reactions. Loving, acceptance, forgiveness. So move into loving, move into acceptance, move into forgiveness to whatever that situation is that you're now holding in front of you. And do this every day. And if it's a situation between you and another person, just say, I ask for you to forgive me for whatever I've done to cause you harm or pain or disturbance. And I forgive you for any harm or pain or disturbance you've ever created in me. And I ask that we move into forgiveness. And in this forgiveness, we begin to live in the loving. I love you. If you do that every day, every day, every day, every day, you will begin to see things transform. You will not even have to talk to anybody. You will not have to move anything in the room to make it different. You do not have to bring flowers into the room. You just have to bring your presence into the room in this new attitude that you are creating for yourself. And that attitude will spread throughout the room and to people. And all of a sudden, those people that you've been in disagreement with or there's been disharmony or disturbance, you're going to find them come up and go, golly, you know, I would like to get to know you better. Can we go to lunch? And you go, well, yeah. <laughs> and then you realize, oh, that's right. Now I know why they're coming up to me this way. Because of what I've been doing. Energy follows thought. So if you put things in motion at that level of creative imagination, in that action, you're not going to see reaction. You're going to see action flow into your creations, into your life, and manifest. It's very different than for every action there's a reaction. It's a continuing movement of action because you're doing it in loving. And loving, true loving, spiritual loving, has no place in this creation other than as expression, as action. Loving is very wonderful. Spiritual loving is quite unique compared to the love of this creation. True spiritual loving comes into this creation, moves through this creation, and moves back into the realms of spirit without ever creating a ripple, without ever creating a disturbance, without ever creating a wave of reaction in this creation. True spiritual loving. 
That's the movement of the Holy Spirit, the audible life stream that we are focusing on in our meditation. And when we begin to merge into that and move into that and live in that more and more each day and live the expression of that loving, we begin to live our lives differently. We are walking through this creation, but we are not disturbing this creation. Jesus said, be in this world, but not of the world. Being in the world is fine, but don't go waving your arms all over, creating a lot of reaction in this creation. Just move through it quietly, subtly, gently, lovingly. And when the day comes that you take your last breath and your soul begins to move upward, it just moves on up. And there's no reactive energy in this creation to call you back. There's no reactive energy that the Lord of this creation can look at and go, hey, wait a minute, there's a disturbance down here. You, you, you caused a disturbance, come back. There's nothing. And you just go on, free and clear, in this subtle, gentle movement of loving. And that's what can take place in your daily life right now. By doing these actions I've shared tonight, you're beginning to align yourself with the flow of the Holy Spirit, with that divine river of loving, with the audible life stream, the sound current. And you are coming into the flow of that divine river that is ever moving to this creation without ever creating a ripple or a wave, a disturbance or a reaction. And you begin to live the life where you begin to find freedom. When you begin to live in the movement of the audible life stream and that sound current, that voice of God that is calling you home begins to lift your soul upward and you begin to liberate your soul, a wonderful thing happens at this level. Because this is a level of reflection. The reflection of liberation is freedom. You begin to find greater freedom in this world. And you live a life free rather than trapped and caught up and in reaction. So think about what I've talked about tonight. And look in your meditation and pay attention to those things that come present and see how you might want to begin to approach those disturbances to begin to handle them physically, emotionally, or mentally, or whatever, so that they do not stand between you and the Lord. And I guess that's it. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but... That <laughs> When spirit pulls back, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Done. <laughs> so I hope to see you all at the Christmas party. Come hungry and bring a bite of food to share. And I'm sure we'll have plenty of food like we always have and plenty of leftovers. <laughs>